0: How does intercessory prayer transform us and transform the world. Hello, I'm Brent Siddle, and welcome back to the God's Story podcast. Our very special guest today from the United States is Carolyn Carney, the National Director of Spiritual Formation for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Carolyn has led prayer groups and intercessory prayer training for more than 30 years. A new book from IVP, InterVarsity Press America, is called The Power of Group Prayer, How Intercession Transforms Us, and the world. And Carolyn joins me on Zoom now from the States. Carolyn, hi.
1: Hi there, Brent. Nice to be here.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure uh, for us to have you on the show. It's 30 years of intercessory prayer. That's a lot of praying. <laughs> now, why should we pray together and what can we achieve praying together that we can't achieve on our own?
1: Mm. Well, it, my answer comes somewhat from the fact that I'm an extrovert. So um put me in a room to pray by myself and I'll probably be asleep in a few minutes. Um, But put me in a room with other people who, um, who, who know how to pray and their prayer encourages me and kind of lights a fire under me. And, and I can pray for hours on end with a group of people who know how to pray together.
0: What do we learn from it? What can we learn from other people's prayers?
1: Mm. I, you know, I start off the book um, uh, explaining these, what we called prayer pods that we developed actually during the pandemic. And um, I, I can tell you what came from that is this one person can express faith in God in, in a particular way. And what. As they pray their prayer, as I hear it and am open to what I'm hearing, um, then that, that moves me and encourages me and, and instills uh, or invigorates, maybe it might be a better word, invigorates um, a, a deeper faith in me. Um, so it's kind of like that um, the iron sharpening iron uh, uh, type of thing, I think, that happens in, in prayer. Yeah, what
0: does I wonder what the Bible says about intercessory prayer?
1: You know, it's funny. There's a lot of, the, you know, the, the, the one another passages. There's all sorts of things like that. The, as I was writing this book, I found, you know, there isn't like, and there's lots of prayers by Paul. Like Paul in his letters writes lots of prayers. Jesus, of course, gives the Lord's Prayer, um, or what we call the Lord's Prayer. But there are very few you have the interaction of of um of Abraham with God, kind of um bargaining about the number of righteous people uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah. There are very few prayer meetings that that we get in the scriptures, like like passages that show how people pray together. Mm. And uh, the only one I found, there's there's one in, in the book of Acts, uh, in Acts chapter four, I believe it is, where uh, they're gathered together. And it actually even says, um, and they prayed. So it sounds like they prayed, you know, all together with one voice, which I doubt that that actually happened because it's a long paragraph that they pray. So it's like, that's kind of weird. But so there isn't this. The scriptures in some sense don't tell us how to. Uh, pray together in that sort of fashion. But I do think um, the Lord's Prayer is a great – what. how Jesus teaches us to pray is a great model for us.
0: Yes, and you can break it down, and it covers every aspect of life, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. Certainly, and
0: certainly a lot of what you're talking about, which is transforming the world and, and life around us, how – and in what ways do you think the church can pray for real change in the world?
1: I think by actually doing it, by believing that that's possible, so much of our prayer, I think, is framed by, well, that's that's just the way the world is, um, you, you know, and we or we say things like, "Lord, uh, Brent needs a job. Would you give him one?" And, and that that sound, it's so, it's so simple. It sounds ridiculous. Right. But what are the factors that go into Brent not having a job? Why does Brent need a job? You know, but I, I think so often like think about the, the, the factors in the world that are happening right now. Think about, you know, the, the, um, the war in Ukraine, Um, you know, think about poverty in the world and, Refugee crisis and and you know we 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 may just think, oh well you know there's always been refugees that's just how it's going to be. Well, is that God's dream for the world really? (laughs) Um, That that would happen. So I think at at the very heart of it is our our belief and our um, our understanding that the world as we see it is not the way that it could be or should be. <laughs> and that God, for some strange reason, <laughs> um, has invited us to pray and to join with him and to align our thoughts and our prayers with his intentions in the world. Mm. So I, I, so at the very heart, it is it is believing that the world can be different than what we see
0: why do you think God chooses us uh, to help transform the world
1: mm, I guess if I had an answer to that um <laughs> you know that's I don't know I I know it it's <laughs> um it, it is you'd think he would choose a better a better way a more a, a more uh, perfect way um but it, it is maybe because he he loves us. Mm. He, he he loves us and invites us to be with him in the work that he's doing
0: yes and it's it's a sign yeah. of his grace he likes yeah. he likes his children to pray yeah and like yeah. likes us to learn yeah. and and we learn a lot about ourselves and others as we pray what what do you think how do you think intercessory prayer transforms us as we pray?
1: Mm-hmm. I think um how I've seen it well for, for instance in the in the book I as I was writing this, of course, it, it uh, you know is through the pandemic, and um, uh, a very good friend of mine uh, who lives in South Africa, a Kenyan who lives in South Africa, um, got COVID, was in, uh, was on an ECMO machine, so uh, was in an induced coma, and uh, I, you know my the, my very first when I heard the news. The very first thing that happened, I got I got I went to go I went to pray for him. His name is Sammy. and I got this image of him being in his uh, hospital room, and there were four angels wow. in the room mm-hmm. and and Jesus was in the right by his bed, and his hand was on his chest. Just, you know, calming him and comforting him. I had no words, but that was my prayer. Was that was that vision? And and through these weeks of his being um, in ICU, there was a WhatsApp group that his wife started. That I don't know, t- over two hundred people were on this WhatsApp group, and. Um, the, the the transformation came in in hearing people's in hearing people's prayers in in being encouraged by that and seeing the the little tiny ways in which Sammy would improve or there'd be hope that would come in a, in a moment and then and then of course he he got out you know he he got out of ICU walked out of ICU And, um, is well today. So that doesn't always happen, um, with people, but it was that sense of, of believing and trusting and hoping, hoping in God that was, that was transformational
0: Yes, I'm, I'll come on and ask you in a minute about some of the amazing things you've seen God do through all your involvement mm-hmm. with intercession. But I just—you mentioned seeing the four angels. Uh, does God often communicate to you in in terms of vision like that?
1: Um, occasionally, um, not not always, and and I would say probably not not so much. But there there are moments. When that does
0: happen for mm. me, yeah. yes, I have a friend in New Zealand who had a similar experience of seeing four angels around the bedside of, I believe his one of his dying parents.
1: Not
0: mm. uh, the first time I've encountered that
1: mm. uh, experience.
0: Mm. How this comes on to the, leads on to the next question: How do we hear from God when we're praying, and how do we know that we're really hearing from God and not from ourselves or from the enemy?
1: Yeah that's that's a great question i i discuss that in the book um, as well clearly i think we hear from god in scripture that very you know first off i would uh i would i would say that we go to scripture we hear from scripture um you know in the in the in the bible uh there are all sorts of ways that people hear from god right they hear from god from you know, Balaam's, Balaam's donkey. The donkey,
0: yes, animals. <laughs> um, the animals speak. The animals
1: speak, yes, exactly. So yeah, you know, not. I've never heard an animal speak, so uh, <laughs> maybe that's a good thing. But um, we hear we hear God speak in kind of the 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 conference. I'll, I'll give you a story. Um, this was at a, a conference um, where I was teaching some of this some of this material, and we were. Um, each night we would intercede for the sessions, the teaching sessions that were happening, and uh, and oftentimes there would be a call to faith during those inter- those those plenary sessions. So one evening, um, a group of students uh, were praying, uh, led by one of our staff members, and um, and this young woman got this got a, a picture of the speaker speaking and and arrows were coming out of the speaker's mouth and the arrows were hitting tar- like bullseye targets in the audience that were like people's heads were <laughs> these bullseye targets but some of the arrows fell out and they didn't know they didn't know what what that meant and so they they prayed about it what god what is would you show us what this means and they they sat in silence for a while and someone sensed that what what was the arrows falling out was someone who had unbelief fear and unbelief and so so they began to pray about those in the audience who had fear and unbelief um so the next morning, we have this debrief session of what happens in intercession, and we we take that as a teaching as a teaching moment. And so this this young woman brought up the story, and as she brought it up, I said, "That's fascinating. That's just that's really fascinating." And uh, so so just then, what I did was I passed that information on to the person who was running the whole the whole week. There's about 300 students there at the camp, and uh, he said, "Wow, that's." fascinating he said would you come to me carolyn would you come tonight at the beginning of the plenary and tell that tell that story and then give an invitation to faith i said sure i'll do that so um so our group was interceding that night so i told them that was going to be happening so they were praying i tell the story of the the targets i said someone you know One of your peers has been praying and, and she received this, this picture. And, um, so, uh, as I'm giving the invitation, some, somebody comes for, yeah, that's me. I'm, I totally fear is what keeps me from having faith. And so I invited them to come up and they went to pray with someone. And as that person's coming up, someone right, right close in the audience kind of gets my attention goes, okay. Would you like do it again? Like do it again because one of the targets is out of the room. <laughs> so the guy had gone to use the ba- the toilets, right? <laughs> so I saw the door open, guy comes back in, walks down front, and I give the invitation again, and he, that guy stands up and comes comes forward. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense then like how do we know what we're hearing is actually from God there is that sense of of confirmation that comes, right? I think we can hear a hard a hard word from God, but it comes in a it comes in a loving in a loving way. I think when we hear words that are um, accusatory or words that bring shame or guilt, those are words that come from the evil one. Yeah. And I think the the harder one is sometimes, sometimes the word is actually for me, it might be for me and not for the group because of my own insecurities or my own feelings of limitations. And so that's why it's important to be in community around that. Right. So I hear something. I share it with you, and I say, "Well, Brent, what do you think?" Well, I'm not sure. Well, let's let's bring in Sam, and Sam comes in. We we pray about it, and we get a sense of of confirmation together. You know, or Sam says, "No, I don't think that. I think that's the, that means this." And we mm. say, "Okay." Then we let it go.
0: Yes, um, leads me on to my next question, uh, which you've probably really partly answered anyway. What What are some of the most powerful answers to prayer? that you've, you've personally witnessed through the 30 years of your intercessory. Mm.
1: Well, I'd ha- you know, I, I'd have to say it was, it was Sammy coming off the yeah. ice coming out of ICU. Yep. Yep. Um, that was ex- the nurse has said to his wife, come to the hospital and take it, take his things home. Wow. Like he's, you know, yeah, and yeah. she said, she said, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. He's, he's he's going to walk out of the hospital Yes,
0: yeah, she had the faith to believe that was going to happen Amazing.
1: absolutely yeah mm. so that was uh, probably one probably most recent history that would be the, mm. the thing that was very very powerful
0: how do you know when there's breakthrough? In a prayer situation, you know you've been praying for things. I mean, we all pray for things for often years, decades, sometimes. How how can we know in a, an intercessory prayer group where there is a genuine breakthrough in a situation? Mm.
1: Mm. Well, you, if you're in that situation, you yourself know what you've been what you've been praying for. So, as you've been praying about it for years and years, you you start to get a feel for what breakthrough would look like. You get a sense of what it would break. Now sometimes God surprises us and it looks completely different. Right. But you, you get the the earmarks of what, of what it will look like. And so uh, we have prayed for years and year, decades about, you know, student rev- I've work with students. So we pray for student revival. And, and I think we all know that revival uh, really begins when there's repentance Amongst the believers, right, and so university uh, hosts a conference every th- three, approximately every three years. Sometimes things like pandemics get in the way, and we have to have it later. It's called Urbana. It's a missions conference, and people from around the world come to it. and And so, because it's such a big thing, we often there's such a big focus on intercessory prayer around that that we prayed for a while for some type of breakthrough to happen at Urbana. Well, at the last one in 2018, we, uh, we had an, an evening. So there's about 10,000 people um, that stu- mostly students in the audience. And uh, we were inviting them to, uh, to come down to the floor of the, the stadium where we were um, and to repent And uh, it's a, it's a, you know, to get 10,000 people to move kind of at the same time, (laughs) that takes quite, it's hard to orchestrate that, you know, and make it look not chaotic. And so this was something that was not something that we could not orchestrate, but something that the Holy Spirit did. So I was actually standing up in the kind of behind the, behind the scenes, we have been praying with uh, my colleague, Connie. And as we saw this stream of students coming down in quiet, visibly moved, and many of them down on the hard concrete floor on their knees, uh, repenting of how um, how we have succumbed to kind of a Babylon spirit, how we have succumbed to a... a uh, a consumeristic mindset, and the, and and Kai and I both looked at each other and just said, "Is this happen- Is this happen? Is this really happening? After all these years we've been praying, mm. this feels significant. You know, yes. breakthrough. I was that breakthrough. I don't know, but it 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 was something that seemed very different than what we had experienced before."
0: Mm. And of course, many of the great, if not all, the great revivals began with prayer. In people, right. Often by a very small group of people. I'm thinking of John Wesley and the Holiness movement in in Oxford. Was it Oxford before the Great Revival? They've been praying for years. I,
1: yes, yes, yeah. So all all of them, I think. <laughs> I think is Edwin Orr that says there's there's been no no move of God, no revival that. Um, that hasn't started with prayer mm.
0: yeah. in a few minutes we've got left and look we could talk for hours and i could i've, sure, sure. I've got so many questions i want to ask but i can't ask them all but I, one of the most fascinating parts of your book for me was the history behind the fall of the berlin Wall and mm. the role of intercessory prayer and i've spoken to other people who were involved in praying during the second world war in london mm. also with similarly amazing effects what was what was the role of intercessory prayer in that period leading up to the fall of the Berlin wall.
1: Yeah. I found out about it because a friend of mine, um, a colleague of mine was living uh, in Eastern Europe at the time. And so he was the one who got me onto this story of uh, this church in, in Leipzig who began, uh, you know, one of those prayer meetings that no one attends, um, but they get to, they begin to pray for peace. And, um, And slowly over a number of months, people began to attend. There was some, some writing that happened and some violence that happened with the police. And, um, and so that ended up bringing more people out to, to pray. And, uh, and then on one, uh, one particular night, there was a uh, kind of word, word got out and there were pockets of prayer all around the city and, Uh, they were supposed to end, well, they're good Germans, right? So it's always very time oriented. So they stop (laughs) at, you know, 7 PM or whatever. And, and the doors open and everyone floods out into the street and it was a peaceful uh, of, you know, they're holding a candle and they were praying. And uh, I remember the one quote that I read in one of the newspapers was uh, from one of the, the police uh, force said, we were, we were expecting guns, but no one knows how to deal with candles and prayer. Um, (laughs) you know, and so that soon after that was, was that then led to other things around the country. And, um, and then of course, you know, the Berlin wall, uh, fell and it was like, a fraternity party, like it wasn't a violent thing. It remember
0: was, it? I can remember watching it, it on television.
1: Yes, right. It was great was a, joy was a, and a, uh, celebration. Yeah,
0: I was a student uh, at yes. the time. In fact, I think I'd just come back from uh, from Europe about the time. It was in eighty nine? Wasn't
1: it? Eight, yes. Eight, eighty nine. Yes. Yep.
0: And um, Leonard Bernstein went and conducted that performance of Beethoven's Ninth. That's right. Where they changed the Ode to Joy became the Ode to Freedom.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Vividly. Remember. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a fascinating story um, of, um, you know, a simple gathering, let's pray for peace. And uh, it ended up erupting in the fall of the wall. And yeah.
0: so it works. Intercessory prayer works.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you so much, Carolyn. Carolyn uh, Kay, yep, the National Director of Spiritual Formation for Intervarsity Christian Fellowship. Uh, And her new book from InterVarsity Press America is called The Power of Group Prayer, How Intercession Transforms Us and the World. Grab a copy, get hold of it because it's got lots of interesting information. We haven't even had time to do more than just do a rough coverage of some of the, the main points in it. But there's lots and lots of helpful material for you if you're wanting to start an intercessory prayer group or if you are leading one. Um, So there we go. And thanks to our creative team at Liquid Edge who sponsor our podcast and take care of things behind the scenes. Carolyn, God bless you. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: We really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the God Story Podcast. If you want to help us make more great episodes like this one, you can head over to our Patreon page and become a God Story Podcast supporter. You'll receive our undying gratitude plus a few bonus goodies for your ongoing support. Just visit patreon.com slash godstorypodcast. That's patreo dot slash godstorypodcast. As always, you can get in touch with us via
1: our website, godstorypodcast.com.